0: Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker.
1: Welcome to Season 7, Episode 160 of the North American Outdoors Podcast. My name is Heidi Rayo, and I'm coming to you from the great state of Texas. It seems that we now live in a world of acronyms. In the past, you could get by with a good Webster's Dictionary and a thesaurus. Many of us remember the days in high school or even college when we had the dreaded term paper assignment. We had to physically go to the library back in the day to do our research Do you remember sorting through the mountains of scientific studies, research, and peer reviews to get the answers that we needed? Who would have ever thought that you could do all of that now on a phone that not only doubles as a computer, but also fits into your pocket? As our life gets easier, we have all become spoiled when it comes to research and communications a technological type of shorthand is developing right before our eyes. In the past, written documents, papers, or articles would have the acronym in parentheses after the formal phrase was spelled out, such as National Rifle Association, (NRA). and RA. Now, when we read technical or information articles, There are standalone acronyms because the author assumes, which is something you should never do anyway, that the audience knows what you're talking about. I have even seen acronyms listed and the actual meaning of what those acronyms state listed in the parentheses behind the letters. Texting and messaging are now the primary way in which we communicate. Texting has now given birth to a whole new language of acronyms. The ease of written communication is now spilling over into our verbal communication. I've had many young students in my NRA firearms courses in their 20s who even incorporate acronyms into their everyday language, such as LOL, which is laugh out loud, and BTW, which is by the way, into their normal verbal communication. Technical ballistic information regarding bullets is no different. Acronyms are now part of the firearms and ammunition world. Many times, this shorthand is not defined with the use of the actual terms in parentheses because the writer is assuming everyone who is reading knows the meaning of the string of letters they are putting in writing. We're going to talk about understanding the ABCs of ballistics we're going to take a deeper dive into some of the more common terms that you might hear on the range or when you're dealing with firearms. We're going to talk about MOA, which is minutes of angle. We're going to talk about BC, which is ballistic coefficient. SD is sectional density. POI is point of impact. POA is point of aim, And NPA is natural point of aim or NAA, natural aiming area. If you are just freshly getting into firearms and are overwhelmed with everything that you're trying to learn about the safety, storage, and proper use of, then this is the next step of the technical side of firearms and the language that we speak. Firearms in and of itself is sometimes a second or even a third language to most of us. It's a never-ending process and you always are learning more and more about the science behind and becoming a better and more technical shooter. In many of my trainings, I have a lot of students who are either getting more involved in trying to become a firearms instructor or a trainer or they are opening up their shooting school so they can teach other people about shooting proficiency and more types of training. But when it comes to these technical terms, a lot of times what I see is some of these new shooters or soon-to-be instructors tend to shut down because a lot of this is pretty technical. But if you don't understand the foundation of what this terminology means, how can you better teach someone else or how can you grow in your own knowledge and your own shooting abilities if you don't open your mind a little bit and understand what these common terms mean? So bear with me and let's get through this world of acronyms in ballistics and all the terminology that surrounds it. So first of all, we're gonna talk about minutes of angle, otherwise abbreviated as MOA. Minutes of Angle is one of those phrases that if you do not know what it means or understand it, you will be left out of many conversations among shooters, especially if you are new to the group. It is also one of those phrases that many individuals like to throw around, but really do not understand the meaning of it. To fully understand MOA, you need to know that it is used in several different ways, how to apply the application, and a little bit of knowing some geometry. First, using the term MOA is a good way of sounding smart and knowledgeable about firearms, ammunition, and shooting. This is also a way that people try to impress others when they speak. For example, today you're more likely to hear someone say, I have a 1 half inch MOA on the target with this rifle. A few years ago, the same individual might have said, I have a 1 half inch shot grouping on the target with this rifle. You may also hear, I had to sight in my rifle scope with four MOAs to the right. In the past, you would probably have heard, I have to adjust my rifle scope four clicks to the right. Both ways are correct, but you need to know your audience. To be clear, referring to MOA is more precise than how we spoke in the past. As firearm owners, shooters, and instructors, we are supposed to use the correct terminology when talking about firearms. On the other hand, we are supposed to speak, or at least explain, what we are referring to when we talk to other shooters or other students. You should know the meaning of phrases and terms before they make it into your daily lexicon. By using the wrong word, you can damage not only your credibility, especially if you are an instructor, by sending your students away with incorrect information. MOA is the measurement of angle that is equal to 1 of 1 degree. This is also referred to as minute of arc. In simpler terms, when we speak of MOA when shooting, it is the point of impact on a target by a projectile with a cone of trajectory. Think of a large gasoline funnel. If you look through the small end of the funnel, the further out you look, the wider the field of view. In practical shooting applications, the closer you are to a target, the tighter your shot grouping will be. The further away from the target you are, the larger area that your shots could land. Think about a target that is downrange. The further away your target is, the smaller it seems. This is why shooters need to go to the gun range and practice, practice, and practice using the five fundamentals of shooting. Aiming, breath control, hold control, trigger control, and follow through. The more time you spend at the range working on your marksmanship, the more accurate you will be and the tighter your shot grouping will also be. A shooter can easily do the math to determine the MOA at any distance. First, you must know that MOA is approximately a 1-inch circle at 100 yards. You take your MOA times the distance divided by 100. Some of these examples would be one MOA at 100 yards is one times 100 divided by 100 equals one inch at 100 yards. Four MOAs at 500 yards would be four times 500 divided by 100, which equals 20 inches at 500 yards. One MOA at 75 yards would be one times 75 divided by 100, equals three quarters of an inch at 75 yards. Most rifle shooters are familiar with MOA regarding their scopes. When sighting in a rifle, the scope has windage and elevation adjustments. These adjustments are usually covered by caps, which the shooter must first remove by unscrewing to gain access. What the shooter usually will see written or etched on the adjustment is one quarter of an inch equals one MOA. When sighting in a rifle scope, a shooter would shoot three rounds and hopefully have a tight group on the target. The adjustments to windage and elevation knobs will depend on what is marked on the adjustment knobs. For example, if your grouping is three inches high and two inches to the right, and the adjustments are marked 1 quarter of an inch equals 1 MOA, the shooter would turn the elevation knob 12 clicks and the windage knob 8 clicks in the indicated direction. Sub MOA is another term that you might hear at the gun range or while talking with experienced shooters. Experienced shooters should be able to consistently shoot a 1 MOA at 100 yards with any properly sighted in rifle. Sub MOA is a grouping under 1 inch at 100 yards. For example, precision shooters might have a sub MOA indicated as 3 quarters of an inch MOA or 1 half of an inch MOA. It is important to remember that MOA is affected by both the shooter and the equipment. As mentioned earlier, practice is the most important thing that a shooter can do to improve his or her marksmanship. This, in turn, will improve the point of impact or MOA of your bullet. The other thing that affects MOA is the equipment. If you put a $200 scope on a $1,200 gun, it will translate to a larger MOA. Do your research when purchasing a rifle and a scope. Purchase quality equipment with a good reputation and a good manufacturer warranty. If you want a sub MOA grouping, research your calibers and research your ammunition. Some calibers consistently shoot a tighter grouping than others. Additionally, some manufacturers make better ammunition than others as far as accuracy is concerned. You need to decide as a consumer what is most important to you. As a deer hunter, I am a very big fan of a particular brand of ammunition. I was sighting in my deer rifle with a friend who was a precision shooter. He did not like the brand that I was shooting because he could not shoot a one-half-of-an-inch sub-MOA with it. It was more important to me, the terminal performance, in taking down my game than achieving a sub-MOA grouping with my shots. Do your research and find your firearm, scope, and ammunition combination that will allow you to achieve your specific outcome or goals. Another common acronym that you may hear is BC or Ballistic Coefficient. This is a common phrase among shooters referring to a bullet or a projectile's performance. A projectile's BC is its ability to overcome air resistance as it travels to the target. In other words, Ballistic's Coefficient is the bullet or projectile's ability to resist air drag or how aerodynamic it is. Bullets with a pointed tip have a higher BC than a projectile with a blunt, flat, or round tip. Additionally, boat tail bullets with a tapered base have a higher BC than a projectile with a flat base, the same diameter of the body or caliber, because it adds to the aerodynamics performance. Boat tailed bullets have the highest BC Spitzer bullets have a lower BC than boat tail, and round-nose bullets have the lowest BC. Projectiles with a high ballistics coefficient will have a flatter trajectory, will travel further, and will take longer to slow down than a bullet with a low BC. The higher the coefficient value, the more resistant a projectile has to air drag. As a rule, Heavier bullets that have a pointed tip and boat tail rear design will have a higher ballistic coefficient. This is important, especially to big game hunters, because of the need for terminal performance in taking down large animals. On average, it takes a big game projectile 1,800 feet per second impact speed to do what it is supposed to do. This performance determines how deep the projectile penetrates to reach the vital organs and mushroom to create a large wound cavity. This ensures retrieval of game and limits wounding loss. Another benefit to shooters is that projectiles that have a high BC are less likely to be affected by crosswinds. This is due to a bullet's ability to get to its intended target faster. If you have ever been hunting in the Texas Panhandle in Colorado, Wyoming, or Montana, you know what I'm talking about. It is not uncommon to have wind gusts of 50 miles an hour or greater in these areas. BC, or resistance to air drag, is a given numerical value. The ballistic coefficient values range from 0.12 to 1.0. Think of it like throwing a football versus throwing a baseball. The heavier and pointed leather football can be thrown further, more accurately, and with less trajectory than the lighter and round baseball. For example, a Hornady 150-grained Superformance 30 6 Springfield cartridge has a BC of .418 and a Hornady 50-grained Superformance 223 Remington cartridge has a BC of 0.164. There are many formulas that are used to derive a BC. This is because bullets come in so many different shapes and sizes. This means that each bullet shape and size creates different air drags. Different bullet types or drag curves are given a different value for different formulas. These include G1, which is also called Ingalls. These bullets have a flat base with an ogive blunt nose. G2 is also called the Aberdeen J projectile. These have a six degree boat tail base with a conical nose. G5 these projectiles have a short 7.5 degree boat tail base with a 6 calibers long tangent ogive nose. G6, these projectiles have a flat base with a 6 calibers long secant ogive nose. G7, these projectiles have a long 7.5 degree boat tail base with a 10 calibers long tangent ogive nose. G8, these projectiles have a flat base with a 10 calibers long secant ogive. G7, these projectiles have a blunt lead nose. Coefficient is derived by the mass of the object divided by its diameter in the airflow squared divided by the form factor I. Form factor I relates to its shape. In this model... The standard coefficient value for I is equal to 1. If the drag is lower, the value is less than 1, and if the drag is higher, the value is more than 1. Many ammunition manufacturers are no longer producing low BC cartridges, such as round nose in heavier hunting rounds like .30-06 Springfield, three hundred eight Win, three hundred Win Mag, etc., because of the increased performance in taking down larger game. Ballistics coefficient is a very important factor to consider, especially for hunters. A bullet with a high BC is more important for ethical shots that result in a quick and clean kill. Most ammunition manufacturers advise against taking extremely long shots that could result in wounded game. The concept of BC can be very confusing, especially in the formulas that are used to derive the value. Just remember, when looking at two different types of ammunition of the same caliber by different manufacturers with different BCs, decide what you want to accomplish with your shots, and when in doubt, go big. The next acronym is SD, or sectional density. This is a term that is becoming part of everyday gun talk. Sectional density has been an important factor in caliber selection for over 82 years. Sectional density was often referred to as knockdown power or stopping power. It was a common belief that heavy and slow was better than light and fast in stopping a threat. The comparison was hitting someone with a brick versus a cinder block. The downside was that heavy and slow had significantly more recoil than light and fast. Nowadays, this concept has shifted to light, fast, capacity, and less recoil. Sectional density is the bullet weight in pounds divided by the square of its diameter in inches. It can also be calculated by bullet weight in grains divided by 7,000, times bullet diameter squared. In other words, SD is how heavy and long the projectile or bullet is regardless of the shape as opposed to ballistic coefficient that is determined by the shape. All projectiles of the same caliber and weight will have the same sectional density. SD is important in the applications of self-defense and hunting. In the self-defense world, to stop the threat, you need to penetrate vital organs. The way you do this is having a projectile or bullet that has deep penetration. Today, the 9mm is the king of self-defense calibers. In the past, it was the forty five that wore the crown. The 9mm 115 grain cartridge has an SD of .130 and the 45 230 grain cartridge has an SD of .162. In 1940, at the start of World War II, the United States performed a series of experiments known as the thompson lagarde tests to determine the best pistol rounds for defense. The tests included the 765 by 21 Parabellum, or 30 Luger, the 9x19 Parabellum or 9mm, the 38 long colt, the 38 ACP, the 45 colt ACP, the 476 Eli, and the 455 Webley. It was determined that the 45 caliber cartridge was the best cartridge for stopping power in dealing with an aggressor. The results noted the sectional area, or SD, was one of the determining factors. SD is also important in hunting applications. A high SD is essential for hunting dangerous game with thick, tough hides so you get the penetration you need to quickly stop an animal that could easily turn the tables on the hunter. For smaller or lighter-skinned animals, a projectile or bullet with a lesser SD might be sufficient. You should always match your ammunition to the game that you are hunting. Many popular calibers come in different bullet weights so the hunter can select the best SD for terminal performance. As a rule, you would want a higher SD for the larger game you are pursuing. Using the example above, a Hornady 150 grain Superformance 30.6 Springfield cartridge has a sectional density of 0.226, and a Hornady 50 grain Superformance 223 Remington cartridge has a sectional density of 0.142. To look at it practically, if you are varmint hunting, the 223 Remington would be a better choice. If you are whitetail deer hunting, the .30-06 Springfield would be the better option. The following guidelines should be followed when selecting a cartridge for hunting. A bullet with an SD of .180 or smaller is a good choice for small animals such as varmints and rabbits. A bullet with an SD of .200 to .230 is good for medium-sized animals such as white-tailed deer or mule deer. A bullet with an SD of 0.278 to 0.280 is good for large animals such as elk and caribou. A bullet with an SD of 0.300 or larger is best for very large animals with tough hides such as brown bears, buffalo, or elephant. A high ballistics coefficient and a high sectional density is a deadly combination. This means that a projectile is delivered with a lot of energy and a lot of mass. In other words, the bullet has massive stopping or knockdown power. This does not mean you should carry a forty five ACP pistol for self-defense over a 9mm pistol. Just like when hunting, match your self-defense pistol and ammunition to the performance that you are looking for. Today's 9mm cartridges for self-defense are much more potent and have much better performance than the 9mm cartridges the Axis Powers carried in World War II. Additionally, the trend in hunting is shifting to lighter cartridges with less recoil. We have all been overwhelmed with articles praising the attributes of the 6.5 Creedmoor. Always consider a bullet's terminal performance and at what distances they were designed for. Just like there is no one right handgun for self-defense or one right rifle for all hunting, there is no one right cartridge. For example, for self-defense, you might carry a 9mm pistol with a 115-grain bullet in the summertime and a larger grain bullet in the wintertime when an aggressor might be wearing layers of clothing or a heavy jacket. Many ammunition manufacturers offer different weights in self-defense ammunition so the consumer can buy a cartridge that meets their needs. Hornady offers a critical defense cartridge with a 135 grain bullet. This is a plus P or higher pressure cartridge with a sectional density of 0.153. This cartridge has almost the same SD as the larger 45 ACP cartridge with a bullet weight of 230 grains. Do your homework and spend time researching for the best cartridge that works for you. There is a large selection of ammunition on the shelves today. It is now time to reassess what we carry or what we hunt with to ensure that the rounds that we carry will perform the best for our needs. POI is point of impact. Point of impact is where the projectile of the bullet hits on a target regardless of where the shooter is aiming. Point of impact is affected by the shooter's skill level various external factors, and various equipment factors. Shooters' skill level can affect the point of impact because of training, or lack thereof. Some external factors include temperature, elevation, and wind. Equipment factors include bullet weight, grains of powder, ballistic coefficient, and sectional density. POA is point of aim. Point of aim is where the shooter is aiming. Proper sight alignment and proper sight picture affect the relationship between point of aim and point of impact. Proper firearms training is the most important thing that you can do to improve your point of aim. This ensures that your point of impact is where you want it to be. The natural point of aim and the natural aiming area are basically the same thing. Natural point of aim and natural aiming area are where the sights of your firearm naturally align when brought up to your eye. To determine your natural aim, take an unloaded firearm, ammunition separate and away, and stand with your eyes closed. Keep your feet shoulder-width apart and hold your firearm in the low-ready position or even holstered. With your eyes still closed, raise your unloaded firearm or take it out of the holster and raise it to where you think the correct shooting position should be. Now open your eyes and see where your firearm is pointing with your sights aligned. With practice, you can teach your muscles, also known as muscle memory, where the correct position of your firearm should be to increase the chance that your natural point of aim or your natural aiming area is where you want your point of impact to be on the target. No matter the topic that you are learning about, knowledge is a daily quest to continue gaining more information about that particular subject matter. The more you research and the more you learn, the better educated you will be and the more information you'll have to share with other people especially new shooters and firearm enthusiasts that are coming into our sport. Whether it be for recreational shooting, competitive shooting, or hunting, there is a world of information out there that we have only begun to scratch the surface to learn about ourselves. There is no better classroom than the outdoors, roaming the woods and waters and making memories that will last a lifetime. This is Heidi Rayo, and you have heard another North American Outdoors podcast. For more information, visit northamericanoutdoors.org and follow me on Instagram at North American Outdoors. Have a great day.